Good morning, Besorot Tovot. So we're still still talking about this Madrigari Shola Bitachon. In Kena Madrigari Shola Shela Bitachon, he lished al Ashemelismochalam. The first Madriga, first level, is to rely on God. Shekoma Shwase Zelatova, everything he does is for the good. Again, it doesn't mean that I understand it's for the good, but it means that I trust in him. Over Makpil and parallel to that, Gamlihit Palella Hashem to also pray to God. She has said Hadavar Shadam Koshev Shuto Bavura to do what I think is good for me. Vezot Mipne Shatfila Metakenet Umezachet, and that's because Tefila, real Tefila, not just muttering the words, real Tefila uh, corrects things. Umesira Machsomim Vekitrugim, and it can remove, it can remove. Um, closed doors and various uh, accusations in Shamayim and it can actually bring a person to good, to understanding and appreciating what is good but if a person does not receive what we wanted to receive but someone who has trust in God will know with all his heart that what happened and what has developed is what is ultimately good for him now. And what he thought should happen now is apparently not good for us right now. There could be any number of reasons for that. It could be that what we thought was good is not good. And what actually happened in the end is better for us. For example, he wanted to be uh, accepted to a place of work and did not get accepted. And he's upset. He thought that would be good for him. Afterwards, he uh, he got into a better job. It doesn't always happen that way, and uh, what is good for us, or what we think is good for us, is not so obvious to us. The story of Yosef is a phenomenal story that... Uh, that uh, reflects that, uh, in that Yosef was sold as a slave. We have no idea what Yosef was thinking when he was in the uh, in the caravan uh, going down to Egypt, having been sold by his brothers, uh, ostensibly kicked out of the family. No idea. We, the Torah does not in any way um, tell us what Yosef was thinking, it just tells us that Yosef, who Radlam Yitzrayim, and it just tells us that Yosef went down to Egypt. We don't know what his thoughts are. We are told that when he got to Egypt, he managed to pick himself up, and uh, he was success- he was successful. And that would imply that, that, that he that was his approach, right? Because people don't pick themselves up if they get into a, a state of self-pity. Um, and, and if the Pasuk tells us that when Yosef got down there, he managed to get on top of things, it means that he didn't have self-pity and he had a very positive approach, which which would presume that he did have incredible bitachon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because people who are normally 
uh, put in those situations don't uh, don't stick their head up and move forward. They they feel very sorry for themselves and and rightly so. Yosef doesn't, and and you see later on that Yosef is very aware of the fact that God is involved right through, not just at the end, not just in this week's parasha when he says to the brothers, "You sold me to Egypt," but really God sent me to Egypt. Uh, two ways of looking at the parasha, right? That, that you sold me to Egypt, it's your fault, but he doesn't really conclude that at all. He says, you sold me to Egypt, but God sent me, and therefore you shouldn't be upset because this was all Latova. And it would appear that Yosef thought about this all of the time, that that was his approach all of the time. And even when he was in jail, uh, he said that, you know, that, that dreams are from God. And when he stands in front of Pharaoh, he said, I don't have solutions, but God has solutions. The, the God never left his, his lips, it never left his heart, uh, even though he had every reason to walk away, even though he had every reason to believe that he had been rejected and uh, dismissed from the Jewish people uh, that was developing, he, he had incredible bitachon. But of course, Yosef is a, is a patriarch. Yosef is a, uh, is a tzaddik, and he's called a tzaddik perhaps because of that. Uh, whether we can emulate Yosef is a different question altogether. And, and we don't have any indication whether Yosef had ups and downs and the overall picture of Yosef's life was that he always had bitachon, or whether there were days when he just didn't have bitachon. Uh, be that as it may, whatever it is, we look to, always we look to the Tanakh, we look to the Torah for inspiration. And like I said yesterday, Yosef goes through a period, he was 17, it was not until he was 39 that he met his father again. He had 22 years without his father, and, and those years had, had a lot of hassle to them. And if you go back to his father, Yaakov, had a life of Esav, Lavan, and Yosef. He was, he was totally, totally uh, uh, surrounded by Tsarot. If it was Shechem, uh, whatever it was, Yaakov was in Galut for 22 years as well. And Yaakov suffered a lot, and again, he, he never lost the word of God. And as you go through all of our avots, we see the same pattern time and again. David HaMelech ultimately lost four children, even though Adoniah uh, was killed after, after David had died. Uh, nonetheless, the, the writing was on the wall as far as what was going to happen with Adoniah. The, the friction was there. There was already... Uh, a uh, metach between Adoniah and Shlomo, and Shlomo was meant to be the successor and was the successor, and Adoniah was a pretender. David buried in his lifetime three children. He got no immediate nachas from most of his life. Uh, when he was a younger man, he was 17, 18 years old, when he had to run away from Shaul, and he spent his time being uh, on a contract, really, where people were out there to kill him because he was understood to be a Mored B'Malchut, a person who was rebelling against Malchut. And this same David Amelech is the man who, who writes to heal him, which is really quite incredible. Uh, the time and again we see our avot. Our avot didn't have easy lives. Even Avraham, who was successful, uh, he was out there on his own and he had his fair share of sarot. And so as we go through the entire Tanakh, we can see that our avot, they weren't sitting on a high pedestal, uh, millionaires, fully successful, telling everyone everything's for the good. They were people who experienced a lot of hard 
episodes in their life and nonetheless they were able to retain and, and keep their heads up. Uh, and again, it, I don't think it means that today I have to be able to see the good. Every day we read about foreign soldiers and uh, we say Baruch Dayan Haimet, we don't say Sheikh Yanu, we don't celebrate. Uh, even though everything's for the good and we don't understand, we don't understand why what happened in October happened, we don't understand why they're shelling us from the north, why Teymanim is shelling us as well, uh, and the world is silent, everything seems so unfair and unjust that we just have to refer to Pesach, that there is Seder. Uh, there is a Seder, we just don't know what the Seder is. Uh, we have a good record with HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a nation. We are the longest living nation. We have been Am HaNetzach and we are Am HaNetzach. So we have a good overall record with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, but we know that there are many, many challenges on the way. So very often we pray for things and we don't get what we pray for. Uh, but we carry on having that faith that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what he's doing, we should have Besorot Tovot. Just a word for you on um, regarding, let me just take the phone off, um, a word regarding uh, Asaraba Tevet. So Asaraba Tevet is not only about the siege of Jerusalem, Asaraba Tevet was initially chosen as the day by the Rabbanuta Rashid to, it was called Yom HaKadish HaKlali, the initial Midhag in Israel, was that everyone said Kaddish on this day uh, for the victims of the Holocaust. We didn't have dates for when they were killed. We didn't know when they were killed. I never saw this myself, but I think it's a beautiful minhag. And they tell me that uh, at the the beginning of the state of Israel, uh, once this was decided by the Rabbanot, you would go to Shul on Asarabatevet and the entire community would would be saying Kaddish. Uh, it is a day that's been chosen to remember uh, the, the dead of the Holocaust as well. Uh, because it's a Friday, it's the only fast that can occur on a Friday. It's to do with the Limud in the Pasuk. I'm sure we could we could develop some ideas as well, but, but it's called Etzem, uh, Etzem Hayom, because it has to be Be'itzumor Shalyom. It's the only fast in the Jewish calendar that can occasionally fall on a Friday. Uh, remember, again, it's a, it's a morning fast, which means it starts tomorrow morning. Uh, Nace, Jerusalem, the Gush is around about 6.30, which means the fast starts at 5.20. So if when you go back, you go to sleep tonight, you make a condition, you make a condition that... Uh, that you are not accepting upon yourself the fast and you happen to wake up at four or five in the morning, you can have your coffee, you can have a cup of tea. The fast starts at 5.20, <coughs> roundabouts. You should check your particular area. And it goes out after we come home from Shuvu Shabbos. We come back from Marev or we break our fast with Kiddush. Uh, so it should be a meaningful fast, fast uh, days for, for introspection, for thinking about where we're going and what we're doing. Everyone should be well. We should have Besorot Tovot.